You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing exclusive coverage of Third Watch. We are into the third season, still the third episode after time. We're still in September 11 mode as we kind of deal with the uh, tragic attacks of 2001 and how Third Watch obviously. Uh, wrote around it and deals with it and in a very, very good way, I will say. Uh, this one first aired on October 29, 2001, so still not even two months after the 9-11 attacks. This is still on air. Directed by Felix, uh, Felix Enriquez Alcala, but uh, this one's kind of a bit spread. This has got the teleplay by Ed Allen Bonero and John Wells, our two co-creators, and then the story is done by Ed Allen Bonero, so kind of a bit of a spread there. But uh, our two co-creators have uh, basically put their brains together and done this one. So, um, yeah, I, I love it kind of when they sort of obviously work together and, uh, you know, we'll get that a lot sort of moving forward. Uh, my name is Ben, and have you got a Ukrainian carnival staying at your house too? <laughs> no, I don't, but my name's Darvell, and, you know, if they want to show their appreciation, they can start by paying us more money. The guy can make a million dollars a day on Wall Street, and you don't see him running in a, into a burning building for $35,000 a year. And Very can I true. point out that? Yeah, and can I point out that that's that in their own in the in their own words documentary, one of the firefighters, I believe it's uh, I believe it's one of the firefighters' wives, says almost the same thing. So you kind of have to wonder: Did they write that? Did they decide to use that because of? what she said i reckon i i reckon they did um so yeah Bro, you it's know, very effective too yeah i mean it makes sense that they would do that so um <clears throat> anyway so i mean we're just going to get straight into this one i feel kind of we've touched on sort of the backwards and forwards of around 9 11 there's not really a whole lot here but this is you know essentially the sequel to kind of what we had last week obviously we had the great closing out last week of sort of them rushing off to 9 11 it's implied obviously that they've gone there and this is, uh, you know, obviously set a little bit after, uh, you know, September 11. Uh, we approximately are on September 21, so it's 10 days after uh, 9-11. And, um, yeah, just the way they kind of handle this from the get-go. I mean, we talked about how September 10th is a top 10 episode of Third Watch. Such a beautiful episode. Uh, I'm just going to say here, on, on IMDb, they've got after time way too low. I mean, this is... You know, maybe still top really? 25, top 30. It's not quite as good as September 10th, but it's still just the way it handles it. Um, I think it's a very important episode of this show, but uh, we'll sort of loosely touch on that in our reviews at the end. But <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just getting coffee already on the show. Um, so we start off uh, kind of just, you know, with that subtle, nice little music that they've sort of uh, Martin Davich has obviously put together so well uh, to sort of score here for the 9-11 attacks. And we kind of start off by just seeing some candles and some tributes and sort of some photos of missing firefighters and, and personnel. And I'm assuming they're probably real missing people as well. And uh, we see a lady walking up, putting a sort of a hot tray of food on a table where obviously there's a whole bunch of other food there. And this is, again, what actually happened on the day. So many people kind of volunteered and, you know, dropped tributes off and flowers. And, you know, obviously when it comes to, you know, dropping food off and everything like that too. So... We then kind of see a leave the firehouse, and then we've got uh, the bus pulling up where everybody's sort of being at what they call the pile, of course. All the firefighters walking out of the bus, and we've got a little kid here with his mum running up towards the uh, the firefighters. One thing I will say, which um, you know, I don't really want to nitpick here, but I kind of think the use of slow-mo here is just a little bit cheesy. I don't necessarily think it kind of... They don't really need to go that way. I mean, it's, it's emotional enough. We don't kind of need them to add slow-mo to it. That's just a kind of a little yeah. nitpick. Um, but I do kind of like this scene where they're sort of all walking back to the firehouse and we've got, you know, this little kid, he's giving a little card to Jimmy and, 
you know, was obviously just kind of having a nice little conversation. This woman obviously mentioned that they must have visited their school a few weeks ago um, and, you know, took some photos and kind of Jimmy's sort of line here where he says, oh, you know, they're all, they're all safe. And then obviously there's one who isn't. And this little kid's called Sam. It's, it's kind of, you know, nice. It's a nice little scene. And yeah. the one thing that you kind of you notice, it's just got small little effects here. Like, you know, you see on their uniforms that there's like dust on the uniform, which, I mean, I think it's a nice little effect. The fact that clearly... It's implied they're digging through the rubble of 9-11 and kind of, you know, searching for survivors. So, And it's not done in an over-the-top way, if you know what I mean. So, it's still done well. Yeah. Eddie Cibrian, again, you know, I don't know if we give him enough props as an actor, but he does handle this sort of, you know, subtle little, you know, emotional scene very well here with the mum and the little kid. And, yeah, it's a nice little scene. But, um, obviously, we kind of move from there and we're back in the firehouse and just, you know, the way they're just kind of sitting around and, you know, obviously saying that, oh... What's the point of going home? It's going to be back in a few hours anyway. Um, and, you know, they, they show... Jimmy shows the photo, of course, um, of the one that obviously is missing. We've got Taylor, who's, uh, you know, washing a bloodied hands and are all scratched and bruised and, you know, like that. And then we kind of just get a, you know, nice little scene here of uh, Jimmy kind of just with Taylor. You really notice that they're really trying to stretch the Jimmy-Taylor friendship all of a sudden. Like, we got a bit of it in season two, but, uh, <laughs> you know... Yeah, now they're really going all in with it. I mean, I like it because, again, they are our two firefighters. But in a few episodes' time, Taylor's time as a firefighter kind of gets forgotten. She's so underutilized as a firefighter. So it's kind of like she's just, yeah, I mean, the Jimmy-Taylor friendship, just don't get too attached to it. I mean, it kind of turns into the Taylor-Kim friendship, so... You know, it's a, and they do get along really well. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny the Carlos Taylor stuff that we'll get, but yeah, <laughs> I, I like the Jimmy. It's kind of just like a nice little Jimmy. I don't know. I like it. Um, but we obviously get Jimmy kind of like flunking down on the bed, and you know, drops the card on the ground, and it says like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, the plane hit the building, which is sad. And like, I actually remember a story uh, here in Australia, sort of around the 9/11 attacks. There was a little boy who sent her, like, a little letter and, like, a hand-pictured drawing to, like, uh, you know, then-President George W. Bush, and it was kind of like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, the plane's hit the building. And he actually hand-wrote a letter back to this little boy, um, you know, with a photo and just, you know, from the White House saying, like, thank you so much for your letter, John, or whoever it was. So, you know, it was a nice little touch, but uh, obviously, you know, this is what the little kids were doing and dealing with it. We obviously talked a lot about that too, Darvell, I guess, didn't we? Uh, Back an hour. I mean, did you, like, I mean, kind of, we obviously went over the reaction you guys had when you're, you know, watching this unfold in schools there in America. But, like, afterwards, did you guys, like, I don't know, send cards to New York or things like that? Was that a thing that your class did or schools did back then? If they did, it wasn't a class project. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, if we wanted to do that, we kind of did it on our own time. Yeah. Okay. I just, I didn't know if that was, like, a thing maybe that you sort of would have done. Um, well, probably depends on everything from the school to the school district to the individual to the individual classroom. True, true. Very good point. And I guess the ages of the kids too. Um, you know, so a lot of that would have come down to that. Uh, and then again, like this this episode, it's, it's pretty much just how our main group of nine are dealing with it. Well, ten, Chris Bauer is part of it now, Fred. Uh, so like how they're all dealing with it. Um, and you know, kind of, we've got, uh, Yoko's here. She's obviously been sleeping and she slept through alarm. She's meant to be up at 12, but it's, it's one now and she's late. Your boxer's going to be there in 15 minutes, but Fred obviously has been doing great work. You know, he's got the uniform ready to go and is there anything to eat? Can she, you know, she's just rushing through this and kind of, you know, 
Fred's obviously, you know, uh, when's when's this going to, like, change? Uh, you know, how long are the 12-hour shifts going to be? Family misses you, things like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Fred handles this well, like, helping out. But obviously, Fred's a little bit frustrated. Can I just say, like, I mean, I can understand Fred getting a little bit frustrated. But come on, Fred. Like, you've also kind of got to be a bit, you know, <laughs> forgiving here. Yeah. This isn't yeah, really. Yoka's just, you know, helping out Bosco in a bind. This is... The world is called Yoka's helping out her city. Yeah, and, and a country. Like, I mean, you know, it's yeah, kind country. of... Yeah, never mind the city, the country. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one time where kind of like Fred being a bit of a dick. And like, again, we find out from Yoka's that he's doing so much to help. So it's great. But at the same time, it's like, just don't be a bit of a dick, Fred. Calm down. <laughs> really? Um, <clears throat> just wanted to point out. Chris Bauer, great actor, though. Love you, Chris. Um... So I kind of like this next scene. So like we've got Sleepy Doc, he's buggered, and then bang, 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 and like it's kind of like I get these neighbors are here to help, and it's you know very nice. Again, this is again something that people did. They saw their neighborhood firefighter, their you know neighborhood paramedic cop, and they helped out. You know, and like this is what this episode does really well, and kind of showing the reactions of the community and how they support these people. But, like, this guy just banging the shit on this door with his merry gang of workers, like we're here to work on your house, like. Probably understand, mate, that he's been working, like, 16-hour shifts. He needs a bit of sleep. So, like, if he doesn't answer straight away, leave him alone. Come back, like, the next day. <laughs> really? You know, I just got to laugh at that yeah. scene. It's just kind of a bit funny. But it's a nice little bit, yeah. isn't it? Like, the gesture. It like, is. It really you know, is. They're here to help out, and he's a carpenter, and this is, you know, whoever this is. doesn't Don't really know what she does. And, like, I just got to point this out. Kind of, we mentioned last episode, didn't we, about, like, keep an eye on this with Doc when it comes to, like, the fact that his house is still all disheveled in, like, three, you know, season five. Um, but, like, he could have had his house done. It was another he? thing they just forgot about. <laughs> I don't necessarily think they forgot about it. I just kind of think it's just Doc's life. He just, you know, doesn't get around to it. But I just kind of, I just like the fact that Doc could have had this fixed right now. <laughs> you know? We know if this is Carlos. Carlos is accepting this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, we don't really, you know, see a lot of Carlos this episode, his reaction too. That's kind of one thing I noticed. But uh, one thing I will say, a little bit cheesy, and you probably disagree with me here, is kind of like when Doc's like, oh, no, I don't need it, but thank you. And the way this guy's like, no, thank you. Like, I don't know. I just feel it's a little bit cheesy. I don't know how you feel about that line. Uh, you're, uh, you're right. I do disagree. Mm. Because as I said in, as I said um, what was it? A couple episodes ago. I mean, if you if you come across a first responder, I mean, yeah, yeah. always take care to always, You you really should thank them for what they do because they don't get that nearly as often as they should. No, look, I, 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 yeah, same. I, sorry, continue. I'm sorry. Same with this. A whole to use one of your expressions. A whole uh, a different uh, kettle of fish. <laughs> you got me using Aussie slang now. There you um, go. But um, same with same with same with same with our men and women in the military. They don't get thanked for their service nearly as often either. And yeah, um, I mean, look, I I don't disagree with that. I completely agree that they should be thanked. I just I just feel it's the delivery of the line. I just think the way it's kind of said. I'm not saying he shouldn't thank him. I just think it's just the way the line's delivered. That's maybe my issue with it. Oh, okay, so like, you know, j- just tone of voice, or 
I don't know. It just feels like one of these things, like we talk so much about third watch being natural and the conversations feeling natural and kind of, it doesn't feel like we're watching actors acting like just the way this guy delivers it. The no, thank you. It just feels to me, it feels acted and like forced. Bit over dramatic, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bit over dramatic. Like that's kind of my point with it. I like, yeah, yeah. So sounds that's like the way Will- sounds like the way William Shatner would say it or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to no. thank you. <laughs> I want, I want to, I want to thank you for your fine job that you did today, Doc. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we obviously get a bit of Jimmy here talking to Lou and kind of, you know, Lou's obviously saying about the fact we've got, like, 18 memorials this Saturday. It's kind of, it's very sad. And, obviously, we get a little bit here about them trying to reach Kim and they're having to update the accreditation uh, for the checkpoints and she won't be able to go through because she's, uh, you know, she's sort of suspended. Not suspended, but she's just on uh, disability. That's on what I'm trying leave. to say. Yeah, so, um, you know, let Kim know. And then I like I do like this little scene here with Lou where Lou's like, you know, yeah, I was about to take the captain's test and Jimmy's like, Oh, you'd be a great captain. He's like, No, but they'd have to reassign me to another house and I'm not leaving this house now. So it's kinda of like, you know, that camaraderie, that brothership and you know, obviously that kind of comes out from yeah. this attack and just how close these people yeah. get. You know. And nice he, he would have been a good captain too. Oh, for sure. For sure, absolutely. And let's be honest though, Darvell, let's remember this scene in about uh <laughs> season uh, and a half time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's remember this when we get to the end of season four. So slow, gradual moments here. We're discovering these episodes. What is causing the fate of some of our beloved characters? Um, yeah. So just remember these. Um, we get Kim waking up. We hear the plane again, and she kind of just like wakes up, terrified, and. Her mum's let herself in. She's uh, making coffee. Now, I kind of thought this was a bit of a mistake because last episode we saw her banging at the door and, like, she didn't use a key there. But if you actually look at that scene where her mum's banging at the door, Kim's put the, the chain on the door, obviously. Even if she has a key, she kind of can't get in. So there's kind of, you know, that going down. And we obviously hear that Kim's, like, volunteering. It's a nice little scene, obviously, where Kim's, like, you know, like her mum's sort of saying, like, oh, you know, are you getting overtime? She's like, oh, I'm not getting paid at all. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, everyone's volunteering their time. And kind of, I, I do kind of like the little bit there where, like, her mum says, like, oh, you know, uh, you should be checked out. You know, not everybody's been through what you've been through being down there. And, like, the way Kim likes to No, they've like, been through worse. Yeah, exactly. So it's a nice little scene there. Kim, again, looking, you know, completely disheveled and tired. But, again, Kim Ray, which is looking absolutely beautiful, even though she's just gotten out of bed. Um, so uh, we get maybe the only bit of sort of comedy in this episode, Sully waking up. With random Ukrainian guy, you'll sleep like a woman with that on your head. <laughs> Just like the subtitle going on there. So funny. Um, and, you know, Sally obviously gets up, Tatiana, uh, you know, Sergey's playing the guitar. It's a sort of a party going on at Sally's house with all the Ukrainians. Um, and, you know, so we find out they've been working 16 hour shifts. Um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, we've got firefighters outside the house chilling, having coffee, people honking their horns, thanking them, obviously, as that was a, a thing and kind of, you know, so so well played here. And we obviously find here that uh, some of the trucks have gotten some tattoos, so that's something they should go and get done at one point. We've got two random girls showing up with candles saying that, oh, hey, there's still firefighters alive, I can hear them, and obviously... Oh, have- oh yeah, the, the, cra- the crazy the crazy psycho-psychic, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, the one thing I'll say, like, these are two very attractive women, and this is how much Jimmy's changed, and oh, maybe, no, again, it's also no the question fact about that, it. that 9-11's kind of happening. Like, Jimmy's so cracking onto these girls on any other day of the week, so... Um, but obviously, yeah. 
you know, affects pre, Taylor. Pre Brooke, pre Bobby, pre Kim suicide. Jim would de- or Jimmy would definitely be. Yeah. So yeah. we we obviously uh, you know the, they quickly take the candle away. Taylor, we still haven't actually found out why Taylor's kind of a bit affected by this. We'll get to hear that obviously a little bit in this episode. They get a call, they fight, they go off. Uh, they still take the candle, and that will sort of play a little bit later into this episode. Um, you know, just kind of nice little close-ups of the faces here in the truck. I just kind of, you know, it's, there's no dialogue, there's nothing, but it's just, you know, just the way they're kind of showing the facial expressions of these. They're so tired, they've just, you know, been working so hard, and, you know, as we obviously hear, they volunteer their time out of hours and things like that. So, you know, it's obviously just kind of a nice little shot. We're back at the the precinct, and he's Bosco looking all fine in his little uniform, and uh, same with Yokus, they're all in their sort of formal uniforms, and just the way they kind of, like, had this little thing where they just say, like, oh, who is it today? Oh, you know, Tommy, we had him at the academy. Um, and, you know, I love Bosco's line here, which is like, oh, you know, I just want to be a cop again. Um, so, you know, it's just a nice little line. Um, we we get a bit here from Sully talking about having the Ukrainian carnival staying in his house. Um, you know, we'll get a bit of that there. We get Swirsky for the first time this season with uh, Sergeant Christopher and obviously talking about having days off coming soon because, you know, I love, it. I love his line there, like, Oh, looks like next week we'll be getting back to a sense of normality. Instead of 16-hour shifts, you'll have 12-hour shifts. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> thanks, Lou. Like, <laughs> Yeah, really. Really. Uh, just, you know, a nice little, you know, random sort of uh, scene with that. Um, so, yeah, obviously we get uh, Sully and uh, David's going to have a day off. Bosco and Yoke is like, oh, you know, um, I'd like to have a day off. Um, and then I, I kind of like the fact here, just a little bit in the, um, what are we, Carlos and Doc here, where, uh, talking about, oh, they wanted to do everything, Carlos sort of like, you know, they should let them do it, kind of, we get just a little bit of scene where he's like waving out the window, um, you know, and I love Carlos, like, oh, they know when you work, like, they're watching you, <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, it's kind of interesting, like, with Carlos, though, isn't it? That, like, his only real delivery here is kind of like your line, as you mentioned, sort of slightly mentioned in uh, the in their own words documentary, where it's like, oh, you know, they want to thank us, pay us more. Like, we really don't get a lot. and it's kind of, they I guess, really should. It's Carlos's character, though, isn't it? Like, we don't really get the effect on Carlos. I mean, you know, you don't really need to see the effects on Carlos because he's just going to brush it aside. It's Carlos, right? Yep. Now, if this were... I mean, if this were Carlos a few a few seasons later, I think it, I think we would see more of it. But he's still in that stage where, you know, he just kind of plays everything off like yeah. it's like it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we also get a bit of a scene here with um, Bosco and Yokus, and obviously, you know, waving at some people. You know, Zero Man. We got. Bosco coughing a little bit and obviously, you know, stuff in his eyes, which is an important thing because it is obviously very well documented that a lot of these emergency service workers got have gotten sick since working on the pile and some have died. And generally when these people do die due to the effects of working on the um the 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 rubble and everything, they actually are credited as like official nine eleven deaths. So it's kind of like, you know, as kind of Bosco says, like we don't know what we're breathing in down there. Um But I like I like this I like this line. I uh, like this little scene here. We're kind of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we can't really go out and do anything about this. We can't, you know, sue the people for us getting sick. Um, you know, kind of, they're sort of mentioning each other, like, oh, you know, quitting, thinking about doing something else. And then, you know, I do love Bosco's line when he sort of says about, like, what? I don't quit, though, because I don't want to let that skinny little bearded guy beat me. 
Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> and just kind of like, we, we learned that Bosco was in the Rangers, like the, what, the Army Rangers or something like that. Um, and yes. He wanted yes. to, he'd want to go in a cave and shoot a little bearded bastard himself. I, just, I don't know. Typical Bosco. You know Bosco's going to say something like this, but, you know, I love the fact that they kind of can say this, and we know who he's talking about, but, you know, they never directly mention Osama Bin Laden's name, but, you know, we know who they're talking about. Yeah, well, everyone, everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to put a bullet in him back then. Yeah, again, just the, the level of subtlety that they kind of do with some of this stuff, it's great. Uh, meanwhile, Jimmy, yeah. Taylor, and Joe are getting tattoos. Um, now I want to keep an eye on this because I know there's going to be scenes later on where they're not wearing like sleeves on their, you know, arms and you won't see these tattoos. So this is, these aren't continually there. Uh, but like, can I just point out, Taylor kind of gets up halfway through. Like, do they pay? And like, is her tattoo actually done? Like, I know she says, oh, we'll come back later, but I don't know. It's just kind of like, a <laughs> they never scene. do. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least we don't see on camera. They're called a car fire and we've got this like apologetic couple. You know, which, like, again, this is something that did happen. All these people were, like, kind of apologetic. Oh, we know you've got bigger things to deal with. Like, and I just kind of like the woman's like, oh, we're going to put it out ourselves. Like, oh, how about we take over from now? You know? And then, like, obviously, Taylor snaps. You know, let us do our damn job. You just job. let us do our damn jobs? And this is where we obviously get the, uh, the first kind of, like, Davis checking out Taylor in some sort of way. But, like, he's kind of more like, oh, what's wrong with her? We find out that her dad's still missing, kind of. You know, this is obviously... This is a Taylor storyline. This is kind of what we talked about a bit last season about how we, you know, get a good stuff with Taylor this season when it comes to this. And I like it. I, I like kind of that they've tied this in and sort of had somebody directly affected by it. Because I think they needed to. Um, yeah. And rather than, say, having, like, I don't know, DK or Walt or Joe was missing, like, it's kind of someone off screen who we never meet as a character, we see a photo of him, but, uh, you know, that's about it. So I kind of like the fact that they do that. And I kind of sort of just point out random character interaction, Jimmy and Davis. When have we ever had Jimmy and Davis interact before? So I don't think we have. Yeah. So I don't know, just kind of like a random little, uh, moment for you. Um, so meanwhile, uh, Taylor, uh, has a bit of a pack-up scene here. She's ready to go, and they're obviously all talking about the fact that, uh, oh, can we going to still go out and look at the pile? Um, meanwhile, we've got uh, Davis and uh, Sully obviously got their day off, and they're so, you know, saying to Bosco and Yokus about it, and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of... I like the line there from uh, Bosco when he says, like, oh, it feels like we can't do our job anymore. We've got no one to catch. Um, and then kind of just, you know... The line there when he's like, oh, do you want to come over for dinner? And it's like, oh, they don't want to see me. Fred doesn't like me. You know, we're learning a lot here about, like, Yokes in the last couple... Uh, Bosco in the couple episodes. Doesn't really like Sully. And then Fred doesn't really like Bosco. So, you know, <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, but, yeah, we obviously find out that Bosco's going to go back down there later anyway. Um, Sully and Davis. Uh, yeah. Outside. I like this kind of line there. We're like, oh, I don't really know what a day off feels like anymore. Uh, Sally's like, oh, you want to go home somewhere? And like, oh, I've got something to do. So we get uh, Davis and Taylor kind of interacting for the first time. This is something that obviously is a bit of a season three storyline, these two. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, another line here that they use a lot in the promos here in Australia. Uh, can you, excuse me, can you tell me where the heroes are? Like, just, like, you know, they edited a lot in the promos. And obviously, this is where we get, you know, Davis. Like, this is how these two connect, obviously. Like, when he says, like, oh, you know, um, my, yeah, my dad mom. died in the line of duty too. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, he's not dead. He, he's just missing." Um, so you know, it's kind of you know nice but little just, scene. Yeah, but just how quickly she said that. I mean, she was she, she was trying to reassure herself more than anything. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can understand it. You, do, you kind of, you yeah. know... Oh, yeah. yeah. Denial, I guess, I is, is you want to kind of look at it that way. Was it a random woman showing up to kind of, you know, bring the kids there and that? Then they get a call, they've got to go. Taylor randomly lights a can, the the psychic woman's candle and sort of puts her ear to it to see if she can hear anything. But, uh, you know, she doesn't. And they rock up on the bus and go back to the... Uh, the pile. Now, all right, so this is a scene which is quite interesting here. So, with Jimmy, he's uh, in the office. He's obviously getting his will done um, because, you know, uh, as he said, obviously he's seeing a lot of firefighters since 9-11 and we kind of get just a bit of a conversation going on here about, oh, would Kim be a suitable parent in the event of your death? And he kind of hesitates and, you know, she's been sick and kind of, you know, this is obviously where he kind of gets the idea of, oh, maybe I could get sole custody. And he's like, oh, well, I have to think about it. Now, the reason why I say this is interesting, yeah. a few times I've said in this show that one of the things that Third Watch kind of fails at sometimes with continuity of that is the use of actors who come back and play different roles in uh, different episodes, even though they're maybe known for better roles. Now, the first one that I really pointed out was from season one. Now, do you remember? And you're, you're good at naming the episode names. I know the episode I'm talking about. I can't necessarily remember the episode name. The one where Davis and Sully are going after that guy who's creeping on the girls. He's, they call him Leroy Brown. They're singing Leroy Brown. and Yeah. So, that guy there. What's that episode that I'm thinking of? Oh, gosh. It's the sixth episode. Sunny Like Sunshine. Is that Sunny Like Sunshine? I thought it was a lot later than that. There you go. Okay. Well, no. Look at me. Uh, so, um, yeah, we obviously <laughs> kind of get this guy, who the actor, so this is the evil guy, the evil rapist guy, who is no doubt in jail by now. Damien Young is the actor, but he's back. Here he is. He's now Jimmy's lawyer. So, um, just like, <laughs> again, it's something that Third Watch does. Like, there's going to be plenty yeah. more occasions that this will pop up. This is not the only occasion. But this is kind of like, I think, the first time we've had repeat person. Now... According to IMDb, he comes back in a couple of episodes. He's credited as a different person, but I still think he is the same. Like, I think just the the people who they cast him just change his name. So, he's Libscombe in this scene. Uh, like, this is who he's credited as, at least uh, on IMDb. And then when he comes back in a few more episodes, which I do believe is the courtroom scene, he's listed as Harold. So I'm guessing the character is Harold Lipscomb. They just at one scene call Possibly. him Lipscomb and the next call him Harold. Because that doesn't make sense. The fact that he comes back three episodes, four episodes later, and he's a completely different character again. So um, just, yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. I, like, I know it's not Third Watch isn't the only show that's guilty of it. Other shows do it too. But like, I don't know. It's just something that you kind of notice because it's, it's not like he just played random yeah. guy in the background. You remember this guy from the Sunny Like Sunshine because he was, you know, a bit of an iconic villain. Iconic, I guess that's the wrong yeah, thing to say. I, but, <laughs> and now yeah. I've got that whole bad, bad Leroy Brown scene <laughs> playing in my head. Back at the uh, the firehouse, Kim shows up and uh, talks to Doc uh, and Lou about uh, getting put back on um, and kind of just, oh. you know, seeing how that's going to go. Um, then we have, uh, they kind of have a bit of a, uh, conversation as well, like, uh, missing, um, having dinner around, this is Lou and Doc, I should say, and obviously Kim's cleared for duty, is she ready? Oh, not too sure, and the sort of questions a little bit about, uh, to Taylor, then we obviously get Sully and, uh, Davis, you know, getting a sandwich, and I like Davis, I think he should have eaten for the shifts, like, they ate me out of, you know, my home, like, they even ate the, the fish sticks that were, like, frozen in the freezer for, like, years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is kind of where the conversation comes up about, like, Davis is like, oh, surely you know someone in the courthouse, just take it down to City Hall and get them married, and you'll get rid of all the Ukrainians, so, kind of, labels it in. 
Um, I do like this little scene yeah. though when Sully tries to pay for the sandwich and he's like, "Oh, oh yes, you and, know, it's on the house." Yeah. Uh, he said he'd fire me and if you didn't my, take it. I wonder if that was also going on too. Oh, for sure, in New York at that time, Abs- absolutely. I mean, he kind of does pay for it anyway. He still puts the money in the tip jar, so um, you know, it's kind of at the end of the day, sort of pays for it. Uh, but you know, the idea there about Sully and uh, you know Tatiana getting married, which obviously will come a little bit at the end of this episode. Meanwhile, Doc and Carlos, uh, Carlos late again, um, and I like how Bosco gets. He's, rip- the, he's the Bosco of the firehouse. The difference is, if Bosco gets into trouble for it, does Carlos ever actually get into trouble for it? I can't remember. Um, no, I don't think so. so. But this is where we obviously find out where paramedics are going to change a little bit. Doc's going to arrive with Kim when she comes back, and Carlos has to arrive with Taylor. So, um, yeah, and then obviously Carlos being Carlos, you just want to get away from me. You know, you, you know he's going to react like this. Mm. Um, you know, we've got a medic shortage. So, Boy553, five, five, the former Kim and Bobby bus, will now be Taylor and Carlos. Uh, Car- yeah, Adam553 five, five, will be Doc and Kim. So, Boy553 five, five, still kicking around the, the Bobby tribute ambulance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, again, I do it like... It should have been uh, renamed that. Yeah, the Bobby, the Bobby bus. Uh, Bobby five five three. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I Bobby five five three. Respond to MVA at. Yeah, I agree. That would have been a nice little tribute, Bobby five five three. Um, we kind of get a bit of a, a Yoko's Bosco scene. Nothing really important there. We obviously get Taylor getting called into the office, being told she's a medic. Uh, she kind of doesn't fight it. Says, "Can I still go to the pile?" Sure. Um, so you know, it's a nice little scene there, kind of going through it. Um. Then we obviously have a bit of Carlos and Taylor, uh, you know, just their little... I love Carlos and Taylor. Just It's just funny. These two that just do not get along at all. Uh, <laughs> and they, they never did. Really, no, did ex- exactly. Um, but we get a nice scene here. I mean, it's kind of like we just get a random scene of them in, a, in an MVA and there's a woman, she's pregnant. We get a birth of a baby. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about here. It's just kind of, you know, typical third watch action scene. But it's kind of, you know, a bit of hope for them, obviously. You know, a bit of a smile on their face. Even Carlos smiles yeah. when this baby's born. So, you know, it's a good thing when Carlos <gasps> is smiling. So, Carlos yeah. Smiles. It's just a nice little scene in, in all this kind of like, you know, dark stuff that's happening in, in New York. We've still got a bit of positiveness happening. Yes, um, yes. Sully and Davis show up to, to Davis's house. Is this, is this like, besides obviously, uh, you know, Tatiana briefly walking past Davis last season, this might be like the first time we actually see Davis and Tatiana in the same room. I and mean, clearly they would have met by now off screen because, you know, Davis is going to be at the wedding. But we obviously have the Ukrainian yeah. festival going on. Um, and points here, like, Savannah Haas, Tatiana's like done her hair a little bit differently. She looks like, I mean, she always looks amazing, but she kind of looks even better here with the way she's done her hair. And I love the way Sally's like, oh, I'm, you know, gonna, you know, have a talk, picks her up and like, oh, take my, take me to the police room, <laughs> police bedroom. <laughs> and, um, yeah. although, uh, hey, it could be the police room too. Could be handcuffs, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the cell. Uh-huh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the way Sally's like, let's do it. And she's like, yes. And she turns the light off. It's like, no, 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 let's go get married. <laughs> um, which, this is this is the last we will see of this in this episode. So, like, basically, they do get married. It's just not shot. I'm guessing there was a deleted scene because we will see in the future a flashback scene. I can't remember if it's kind of what after happens to Tatiana or it's all during that stuff. But I definitely do know there is a scene we see in some form of flashback in the future of them at the courthouse getting married. So, 
I'm going to assume they filmed it. Maybe it was like an extra scene they couldn't fit in or it just didn't fit the tone of the episode. Um, either that or they just went back and filmed something. I don't know if you sort of uh, remember that, but uh, yeah, we definitely no. do see something. Anyway, all right. So no, I d- no, I don't. I don't remember it. So uh, back at the firehouse, we get a nice little scene of kind of like our uh, firefighters having a bit of a laugh. You know, it's kind of a nice little moment where they kind of you know stop sitting around being so glum. And even Carlos here is part of the boys, Darvell. He's having a conversation. Yep. Like you know, it's the first time we've really seen Carlos <laughs> like actually involved in a blokey conversation around the table at the firehouse. So one know. in which he doesn't make himself look really awkward. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Yep. And obviously, Kim and Doc show up. They've gotten barbecue night. Monday night's barbecue night. So, you know, instead of just eating oh, all the food. I, I, yeah. I love me a good barbecue. I don't know oh. about you, but I love me a good barbecue. I'm Australian. Come on. It's, a, it's an Australian as anything. We, we, we barbecue the shit out of things. Um, so, yeah, they obviously kind of want to go back to a sense of normality, start cooking around rather than relying on the free food. Yeah. But just as they get started, obviously, they found, they found uh, Tom- Tommy Doyle. They, they found Tommy Doyle. Yeah, so... They're all off. They wanted to carry him out. So, um, you know, off they go. Taylor asks if she can go with the squad, and she's allowed to. Um, meanwhile, we get a little scene of uh, Davis pulling over to Bosco and uh, Yokus, saying that Sully's getting married, uh, and obviously mentioning a little bit about, uh, you know, they found uh, Tommy Doyle at Firehouse. Um, you know, just kind of a nice little subtle scene there to, to let them know. Yeah. We get a great shot uh, just before we get this closing scene. We see the Empire State Building obviously lit up in uh, red, white, and blue. A beautiful shot. My favourite building in the entire world. I love that building. Um, looking absolutely spectacular. And this is great sort of closing scene yeah. when, you know... I love the music there. Oh, it's so good. But just the visuals here of the fire truck pulling up and just the entire street filled with people holding candles just for them as they show up. It's a beautiful scene, so moving. And again, I do not doubt this is something that actually happened on, you know, after 9-11 and kind of they go back inside and they hang up the American flag, which obviously would have uh, covered, uh, you know, Tommy when he's been carried out from the rubble. Um, you know, beautiful scene. And this is, again, speaking of beautiful scenes, we mentioned last episode about Yoko doesn't really cry, but she comes home, um, you know, obviously uh, says to Fred, like, thank you so much, you've been amazing. And he's like, are you all right? Well, I'm alive. And I like the little shot we kind of get a Jay Leno interviewing some FDNY people on the TV. But obviously, Yokus breaks down. Uh, you know, she's kind of, you know, this is her just tough exterior coming down. She's allowed a moment like this. And then obviously we close it out. Um, the firefighters getting ready to go back. And then Taylor kind of, uh, goes up to the photo of her dad, kisses it and kind of just has a bit of a, bit of a moment. And, um, off she pops, runs off. I don't like the slow-mo at the end. It's a bit cheesy, but I'm not going to take anything away from this episode for one or two scenes of cheesiness. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just... You know, it's like such a great follow-up. I mean, it's just, you know, there's not a yeah. whole lot in here when it comes to, like, the overall storyline of this season. Like, yeah, sure, we get a bit of Taylor and a dad. We get a little bit of Taylor and Davis for a moment. You know, obviously, Sully getting married is a big moment. It's kind of shown off-screen anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I still like September 10th is a better episode out of these two. But, I mean, this is still a brilliant episode. This is still a top-quarter episode of Third Watch. So, um, yes. yeah, anything else to add? Well, I'll go back to the I'll I'll go back to the music again that was playing when they uh, when they pulled up and when they were taking Tommy out. Um, we will actually, I believe that was we'll hear that score a lot in this mm-hmm. season. I've, I've that's noticed. kind of like the September Eleven theme. I want to say like that they I swear Martin yep. Davich has just uh, has written that purely to to react to this. Yep, 
Because, I mean, we hear it again in, uh, what is it, 233 days later we hear this it a season. Lot. We'll hear yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. Great musical score there. Just, the, just I mean, we don't, I swear, talk about the music enough. Um, just Martin Davich is just amazing, this theme. And sadly, I feel, again, it does again lost along the way when we kind of get to the later seasons. It's still there. I'm not saying it goes away, but... I don't know. These earlier seasons to me just are, are surrounded in memories by the score as well. Uh, similar to like the early days of ER, which, you know, if you watch, like you and I have talked about that off air, um, you know, it kind of like it, it transitions over the time. And, you know, people who listen to our show from the beginning when we were back to talk about Survivor a lot more, and we'd obviously talk about people like Russ Land- Landau and, you know, David Vanacore's score that sort of sadly over time has just kind of gelled into generic themes now over the time. They're not as unique and individual as they used to be. So, um, you know, it's understandable why they do it in TV shows. I, I get it, but you know, just just amazing, just the score. Just we we always need to, I think, touch more on that. And as I've always said, that you know, if I ever get him on the show or we get him sort of some sort of contact with him, you know, I'll, I'll offer him good money in order to be able to buy the music from this show. Um, just all the music he ever did for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd pay very good money for it. Uh, so yeah, if you're listening, Martin, uh, please, uh, help us out. So, um, yeah, I'm guessing nothing else to add. We're getting to the evil review section and I'm guessing we're both doing the same thing. We're both buying this. Absolutely. No question. Yep. hundred percent. We keep the streak alive. You're up to 13. I'm up to 12. Uh, so for sure, hundred percent buy. I mean, it's just so like, so well handled. We can't just talk about that enough, how well Third Watch handles this damn event, this huge event that was just so big. Um, you know, I mean, I'm glad that we can sit here and talk about the positives of this and not be like, oh, they handled it so badly or, oh, they just gelled over or things like that. So, and we should really point out, like, can I just say, this is probably going to be our shortest ever episode in terms of Third Watch ever. And it's not like I felt like we've rushed through it. We've covered the main bits. It's kind of like one of these ones where, sort of as we said, in the Zeus wept and honor, like, it's not like we're rushing you through it. You have to watch it. Yeah. It's just the emo- There's just a lot of emotive acting going on in this with the music that kind of we can't really do it justice. Um, and I feel like again these really good episodes you can talk about less because we're not nitpicking enough, and there's just not a lot of you know funny things that we're going to go over or kind of like plot holes or things like that. But you know by all means don't look at the length of this episode of of the Oz Network and think oh god they must really hate it because they've just gelled over it. Absolutely not. But um, this really is the sort of the the two part of the third of the third watch September eleven dealing well three part if you include uh, in their own words but it kind of as we keep saying like it's not like this is forgotten about like I mean moving on now we're going to kind of go back into some normality with some storylines but it's still mentioned it's still brought up obviously we've got to you know Taylor's still got to deal with this along the way we've mentioned Bosco will deal with this in his own way at one point Doc obviously a lot in the future um, and kind of just even the subtleties again of just like the opening credits are not really brought in till Sex Lies and Videotape so we're still obviously not going to get our uh, Crystal Method score theme you know brought in for a few more episodes they still kind of have this silent open with the the cast on the screen so still affected still obviously just working their way back into some normality here but um that obviously brings us into the relay which i'm gonna say it now i think i feel this was going to be the premiere i just kind of want to think that this was meant to and not just because it follows these uh, september 11 episodes i just feel there's like a bit of this episode that feels like it's a premiere episode and I kind of think that they've obviously tied a few September 11 references in it. But, I mean, again, like, this is, you know, Guy Norman B., our director, friend, hello, Guy, he directs this one. He obviously directed September 10th, and I'm sure he kind of has a bit of knowledge around it. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be intrigued to kind of 
really see if that was a case. And even sort of just, you know, a subtle little thing here, like the production code, which obviously comes down to like when in order they do this. If you actually look at the production code of the relay, that number is before all the ones that come before uh, September 11. So if you actually look at the filming, like in terms of the production code, 222, uh, sorry, 227703 is the production code of the relay. Uh, whereas the production code of September 10th is 227707. So, you know, in terms of production, they produced September 10th four episodes after. So, yeah, I'd argue that the relay was meant to be the premiere of this season. But just on that, I enjoy the relay. I kind of, it's, it's one of these unique ones that I always kind of think like, oh, is that a good episode or a bad episode? Because if you kind of say it out loud, oh, they've got to transport a heart transplant and it gets stolen. I'm kind of like, oh, that seems a bit crap. But, like, if you actually watch the episode, it's it's almost like one of these ones that we've sort of talked about, isn't it, where it's like everyone's involved. It's like the everyone's involved episode. You know, it's it's kind of like our Demolition Derby, our Anzus Wept. It's our, you know, it's that episode of season three because every single, like, department is involved in this whole storyline. Um, and it's, and it's also yeah, one of it's these, a good, it is a good storyline. Yeah. Too. And like the thing with the interesting thing about the relay that I find is that what is so effective about this episode, and we just spent a bit of time there talking about the great score of this show. This is a, this is an episode where there's barely any music involved at all. And it's a very silent episode, but oh, you're right. Like it's so effective. And it's kind of one of these episodes of, of two parts as well. We've kind of got distinct parts of this episode. So, yeah, The Relay is a unique episode, and it, it is definitely a very enjoyable episode as well. And, yeah, I don't know if you've got much to say on it but before we sort of head into it next week, but it's, it's a great episode. It's a memorable one. Yeah, I'll save it for when we get into it. You do that. You do that, Mr. Stewart. Uh, we uh, will be back next week, of course, for The Relay. And as always, if you want to get involved, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're everywhere. We're great. We're awesome because we're the Oz Network. And uh, as always, if you want to leave us some feedback, we'd appreciate it. Send us an email, uh, tweet us, go to our website, do whatever you want to do, uh, carry a pigeon, sure. Um, but yeah, this sort of... <laughs> Concludes a bit of a three-week arc for us on uh, 9-11. Uh, obviously, again, we'll have some elements of this moving forward. But, uh, yeah, third watch, beautifully handled. Well done. Thank you so much for covering September 11 so well. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, I look forward to having my heart lost next week with the relay. <laughs> my name's Darvell, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.